Hello everyone, welcome to the New Humanist Podcast. I'm Damien and this is episode 46, the fourth of part 7. The topic for today is the problem with Lawrence Krauss. Right, so first of all, the problem with Lawrence Krauss is that I'm engaging this individual for the first time. Unlike the other people, characters, let's say, in this new atheist movement early on, where I basically engaged all of these guys, most of them anyway, at least the ones that matter, when it comes to this debate on atheism, notably this new atheist character. Now, with Lawrence Krauss, it's a bit tricky because, first of all, he's like a new addition or a later addition. Okay, what happened was, I think some of the atheists, certainly Christopher Hitchens and maybe even Richard Dawkins, to some extent, rely on the cosmological backing, right, or the astronomy-based or cosmology-based science argument or set of arguments against religion or vis-a-vis God that Krauss was providing. This is the thing, I mean, in the scientific world, there are people who do science, and there are people who do science with a certain end in mind, okay? Which is that, in this case, they aim to undermine religion, undermine God's presence, right? Or the arguments for God. So, this is kind of like the scientific or secular pushback against cosmological arguments in favor of, say, the origin of the universe, right? And this is something Christian apologists have been putting forward in more recent times, right? That is to say... If the universe had a beginning, right, then the beginning needs to be something that occurs outside of the fabric of space and time. Space and time came into being with the Big Bang. So, Lawrence Krauss sort of entered this mix, this debate, so to speak, as one of the atheist voices, okay, providing a supposedly scientific basis for atheism with respect to cosmological questions, as it pertains to the origin of the universe, the nature of space and time. One could even say the destiny of our galaxy and of the universe as a whole. And essentially, Lawrence Krauss was, uh, one could say, the more aggressive form of atheism, right? That is to say, to look at a hard science like cosmology, right? We're not talking about, you know, things like biology, of course, but, you know, it's not like philosophy or literature, right? Which are not even science. But this guy was, you know, let's say, working with the numbers. So he had that authoritative character, one could say, and one which these people can rely on. And this is important for us to consider, given what's to come, okay? the nature of atheism, the need to advance the atheistic worldview, seemingly at all cost, okay? That is to say, to rely on any and all means to advance this narrative, which is where the new atheists differ, okay? It's not just a question about attacking religion and undermining the belief in God, you can do that, but it is an ideological urge or impulse, an imperative, right, to weaken the position of religion in society, okay? And that is quite new. Right, with Lawrence Krauss. So, with Lawrence Krauss... It's a bit interesting because I have to position this carefully because, first of all, Lawrence Krauss is he's a scientist, right? In all fairness, he works in cosmology. He's engaged in a lot of theoretical subjects and debates, and he knows his stuff okay, for what it's worth. And I'm not really qualified to critique him at that level. When it comes to these kinds of things, I mean, one can have opinions, you know, postulate one's views, critique their positions, etc. But really, if you're going to go head-to-head with this, you really ought to know the stuff. So I'm not going to be able to engage him at that level. Having said that, Lawrence Krauss has made many claims, which he has made within a scientific framework, within the field per se, which have attracted a lot of criticism from people around. People in his own ilk, one could say, right, or in his own group. And this is something that we have to consider when we move forward. But let me just make a few things clear to the listener right up front, okay? So, first of all, I don't like Lawrence Krauss. I mean, of all the new atheist people, Daniel Dennett's, yeah, there are a few other guys as well, outside the main four, Sam Harris, Hitchens, Dawkins, and who, who's the other one? Dennett, I think. And maybe one could even say Ayn Hirsi Ali, right? She's another 
a secular thinker from the Islamic world, and she's also a proponent of, I'm not sure atheism, but really a secular way of life. But that's a different story. We'll get into her maybe in the future. So, okay, let me just be very frank here. Right? I don't like Ron Scrouse. I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he speaks. I don't like the way he presents himself. And that is the starting point of this debate, because I think it's important that I get this out so the listener you know, can you know, be clear about where I stand. Okay, and it's critically, I think, an example which I would cite right now is his debates with Christian apologists or people who take more fairly to the Christian worldview. Okay, notably uh, Stephen Meyer and William Lane Craig. Okay, there are a number of debates with William Lane Craig, which are on YouTube. I'm not sure if you can find them, where this guy behaves obnoxiously. I'm not going to go into other areas of his life, you know, some revelations, whatnot. Okay, that is not for me to judge. Uh, those are speculations. One could say, oh, maybe they're real. I don't know. I don't want to go there. But the problem is just the way he conducts himself, right? Just based on what you can see on, on YouTube, right, on other media, he just comes across as a pretty... And that is a problem for me. If I don't like a person, I tend not to like their opinions. So maybe I'm not being very objective in, in this critique, but this is something the listener must consider. So you need to sort of consider where I'm coming from. With that said, okay, with that said, Lawrence Krauss's views, okay, are problematic for other reasons as well in relation to his, one could say, obnoxious persona. His debate with Stephen Meyer from the Discovery Institute for Science and Culture. The Discovery Institute, as I mentioned, are the guys who, who advance intelligent design, which is fundamentally a critique of neo-Darwinism. That is a subject which I will engage, actually, in the course of this particular part in a later episode. Now, when it comes to Stephen Meyer and the debate and the way this guy conducts himself, again, at this point I have to, you know, mention, it was pretty ugly, right? And what's funny, and this is maybe a broader issue, is that looking at the comment section, right, there are a couple of them, it seems the people themselves are starting to realize this. Right, Lawrence Krauss, what's my problem with? Before I say anything, let me just get a couple of things out of the way. First of all, Lawrence Krauss, I don't think he's as credible as he thinks he is, or people would like to think of him. Because Lawrence Krauss, he's an anti-theist, okay? It's not just a question about advancing a secular worldview. It's not just a question about arguing for God's inexistence, okay? And in fact, you can make a strong case as to a question of God's goodness. That can be a challenge. But God's existence is much harder. But this guy is so hell-bent, okay, on advancing an atheistic worldview. And he uses the scientific enterprise that pertains to cosmology to do this, that it, it becomes self-undermining. His singular effort-making trial to, in this case, the, the question about how does something come from nothing, right? That was his book. Was it a universe from nothing? Uh, let me let me tell you, I did read the book. Okay, I did read the whole book, A Universe from Nothing, about, I don't know, four years ago. And I did not understand much of it. Almost nothing. And this is something I have to be forthright. Just to tell you, I'm not an expert on this. But although, speaking of science books and popular science books, again, I'm not sure if his book is popular science. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I'm a big fan of Michio Kaku, right? His books I do read. I read many of them, most of them, actually. Very good books. Parallel Worlds, I think, one of the books. What is it? Uh, Physics of the Future and Physics of the Impossible, right? Another book on the mind. I mean, his books are really good. A Universe from Nothing. That's the only book I've read from Lawrence Krauss. So I'm not sure if it's popular science, but it was, let's say, a bit heavy for me. But critically, though, people that did not take well to it. In fact, there was a review of his book in the New York Times, right, by David Albert, I think. It was in 2012, right, where he basically... I'm telling you, he absolutely annihilates this guy, right? The book, Universe from Nothing by Lawrence Krauss. He just, you know, eats into the whole thing. And it's something the listener might be aware of. This critique of Lawrence Krauss's book, A Universe from Nothing, where the person writing the review, who was a scientist, who was a physicist himself, he himself says, look, there's a problem, right? If Lawrence Krauss is saying 
the universe came out of nothing, but then he takes it for granted, the laws that govern the universe, right? And this is something we may have to look into later on. I don't want to speak on this listener because I don't want to come across as an expert because I'm not. But it is worth considering, right? I mean, if the universe came out of nothing, right? But then there were pre-existing laws about how the universe operates when it comes to matter and energy and, and those laws which govern them, they were pre-existing, but how did they come about? So those are apparently taken as a given and then you're sort of assuming those laws operated to give rise to the universe. Again, that's an open-ended question which I don't want to get into, but it is critical that the listener be aware that physicists themselves, scientists themselves, have taken critically to this and speaking of david albert who wrote the review for the new york times that guy himself he's an atheist i remember listening to me i'll tell you david albert and a few other scientists right what do you call physicists in an interview right this is like i don't know he basically says he puts his hand up and says i'm an atheist and then he goes on to to criticize you know this guy krauss's works now the reason i'm saying this listener is to provide some backdrop to say that Lawrence krauss is not credible in terms of his authority people in the scientific community themselves have raised questions about him, right? And other people as well, which I don't want to get into, especially those of the intelligent design group. But again, I don't think that's argumentative because intelligent design community, as we will see, the listener might be aware of, they're partial towards the Christian worldview. Understandably so, and as it happens, so am I. My view of humanism is quite sympathetic to the Christian worldview, so I have not disguised that in any way. So, but it is worth considering, right? When you have people like Lawrence Krauss, who are ideologically motivated, unequivocally, to undermining religion, okay, specifically Christianity. This raises questions. We have to consider the problems that are associated with them. Right, and I'm not really numbered this, this time because this is more of a general discussion about Lawrence Krauss because, again, I'm starting out, so probably we'll have to get into Lawrence Krauss in depth. But anyway, a couple of problems here. Let me just sort of outline a few of them. We'll just work through this one by one. The first problem I have with Lawrence Krauss, which I already mentioned, is that his critique of religion is, is an ideology that he seems to adhere to, okay? Which is to say that it's better that society is without religion than with religion. That's the governing thought process for this particular individual. And this I find very problematic for a couple of reasons. First, religion has played a moderating role in society. It always has. I mean, in many respects, the fact that we have religion, okay, is an indication that we need it. Of course, religion is weakening. It's getting smaller in the West. Not in the Islamic world, though. It's getting pretty big. In fact, that's something I'll engage with going forward when I confront the views of Richard Dawkins, okay, and his uh, views on evolution. This is something that's coming forward. But the view that we can sort of get rid of religion and society can become utopian and or perfect or good, I mean, I'm very suspicious. In fact, that there's no reason to believe that it would be so. And interestingly enough, the view or the worldview of Lawrence Krauss is an indication as to why that might be the case. Now, Lawrence Krauss, he is arguing that the scientific enterprise should be completely free, okay? They can do whatever the hell they want when it comes to experimenting, when it comes to research, when it comes to pursuing truth, supposedly, right? I hope that's what they're doing. But if that is the case, if it's entirely or totally untethered from any kind of moral framework or standard, and again, this is something that is paradoxically very important. Now, in the course of this podcast, right, I've been very critical of religious morality, okay? I've always raised my concerns when it comes to why do religious people always bring up the question about what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong? You know, this whole emphasis on being good, being ethical, and not doing bad things, etc., etc. I've sort of railed against it. But, understand this, uh, listener, it is very, very important. You see, the problem lies in its overstatement. The problem lies in its overemphasis. The problem emerges when people place a singular focus on Christian morality, for example. But that does not mean that we should get rid of it. It does not mean that we should stop thinking about it at a certain level. 
at a foundational level, we need them. We need that framework. We need that governing imperative to say, look, there are certain rules, there are certain principles that you should not mess with, okay? That life is sacred. There's something called inalienable rights, okay? That rights come from our creator, if you believe in it, or from a higher power, okay? That it is not man-made. That human life is a precious thing. You must not mess with it. And I'm concerned, okay, if you destroy the religious foundations of a society, we will lose them. And this is a genuine concern amongst Christian thinkers. And I'm with them, okay? As much as I don't like people hopping on about, okay, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, fine. But when it comes to fundamental questions about society and governance and human relationships, we have to remember that we need a spiritual foundation, something that transcends the human realm. And when it comes to people like Lawrence Krauss, and it becomes evident now, as I'll quote a few of his points, I cite a few of his arguments, that this becomes very fragile, right? The argument, the ability for society to defend things like human rights, the importance of life, the sanctity of life, okay? And this is not just about abortion, listen, I know a lot of people, when they hear the word sanctity, it always sort of goes to the question about abortion, although abortion is critical in some ways, because if you mess with a fetus, then you can sort of just logically work that argument forward, right? It opens doors to all kinds of things. In many ways, I would argue it's just a speculation on my part, but what we're seeing now with the, you know, the transgender thing, I don't want to comment on this negatively or positively, I'm just making a speculation, I think. The fact that we're now able to sort of mess with the fetus, you know, before its birth, it sort of opens the door to say, you know what, we can mess with life in this stage, even if it's like, you know, you know, giving young kids hormones, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, again, the transgender thing, I really don't know, so I don't want to comment on this. I'm not for or against, so I don't know if I'll get in trouble for that, but I don't know. But I'm suspicious, right? When we remove the religious dimension completely, anything can happen. And interestingly enough, Lawrence Krauss is one of those people who, it seems to me, his worldview one that is clearly anti-religious, clearly opposed to the Christian worldview, is opening the door to it. And let me just cite a few points that he makes for the New Yorker 2015. He says, quote, In science, of course, the very word sacred is profane. No ideas, religious or otherwise, gets a free pass. The notion that some idea or concept is beyond question or attack is anathema to the entire scientific undertaking. Right, so... Now think about that for a moment. Okay, what, what is this guy saying? If the idea of sacred is profane, nothing is sacred in life. Essentially, that's what he's saying, right? If there's nothing sacred, it means you can do anything you want. You and I know where that could potentially lead. What does that imply? If nothing is sacred, then anything is possible, is it not? I mean, let's go back to the Second World War and what was happening there. Some of the research was done by certain scientists from a certain political regime. We know where this could lead. I'm not suggesting for a moment that Lawrence Krauss is like that. I'm not saying that he would do something or he would support something. But my point is, listener, don't you think that that future is not too far away? Because the moment you untether yourself from a worldview like Christianity, which you can say what you like about the Christian faith, but Christianity is unequivocal in asserting one thing, that life is sacred. There is no disputing it in Christianity. I mean, this is something why I always would have a soft spot for the Christian faith. I don't want to compare religions at the moment, but Christianity is special in my view for this particular reason. Is that God loves us critically, but because God is love in himself. So God can only love us. Now that's kind of weird for the listener to think, but what that implies is that if God is love, okay, then we are called to love one another. That is a foundational concept of Christianity. Nothing else. It is not about conversions. It's not about holiness, trying to be good, right? It's not about being a pure moral person. It is about love. It is about willing the good of the other as other, okay? Now, if that is a sacred principle, it is a sacred principle in Christianity. Nothing is greater than that. 
thing Jesus Christ says, right? And if you if you say you love God but you hate your brother, then you're a liar, right? You know, he say he says something like some some reading, I don't know where it is, but the listener can look it up. The only way to love God is to love your neighbor. And the way to love your neighbor is to love God. That means we need to rely on God for strength to love our neighbor. That's of course Christian metaphysics and of course it has a practical dimension as well. But the point being, listener, is that in Christianity the idea of love is sacred. The idea that life is precious is sacred. The idea that we need to look after the well-being of our brothers and sisters, that is sacred. Now that cannot be reduced to any scientific principle or methodology. We cannot place a scientific method involving experimentation, hypothesis, research, carrying out experiments, and then developing prototypes, testing in controlled environments, testing hypotheses against the evidence, developing applications, right, finding solutions. You know, all these various stages which make up the scientific enterprise, that in and of itself does not give us the answer for moral questions. It does not tell us why we should do science. So, for example, if you and I want to study the universe, okay, we can study it for a particular reason, or we can study it for a different reason. Science does not really tell us why we should do it. And this is very important when we get to Lawrence Krauss, and this is my next major problem with him, which is that his elevation and worship of the scientific enterprise, it, oh, science is so important, it's, it's all about research, it's all about pursuing truth, it should not be restrained or constrained by any force or belief system, fine. The problem with Lawrence Krauss is that he does not value, does not value, not the scientific enterprise, but the people who are doing science. Lawrence Krauss, this is where the question of humanism comes in quite strongly, he said Lawrence Krauss does not value humanity. He does not value the human condition. He does not value life, ultimately. He thinks, and I've seen this, he mentions a number of times, he always views the human construct, the biological entity that we are as a group, as a collective, living on this beautiful planet called Earth, all the trials of life. He does not think we are, well, not special for him. We are insignificant. This is the guy who's speaking highly of the scientific enterprise. But who's doing science? It's us. It's you and me. Okay, We are part of this process. And for the record, listen, you and I are part of the scientific enterprise, whether we like it or not. Every time you go on the internet, use social media, your decisions are being accumulated. They're being analyzed and aggregated into machines. They're helping computers and other programs which work on algorithms to improve, to get better. So they're learning from you. We are part of the system, whether we like it or not. So the point, listener, when it comes to Lawrence Krauss, is that he downplays the significance of humanity whilst elevating the importance of science. Now that is, in a sense, a contradiction. And let me give a couple of examples elucidating this point. A couple of quotes from Lawrence Krauss, and they are, one, the universe does not care about us. Two, we are irrelevant to the functioning of the universe. And he goes on to say, that's wonderful. We are irrelevant, okay? The universe does not need us, it does not care about us. It is indifferent to our existence. And this is where I think I really have a problem with atheism, which is that it downplays the significance of humanity. For me, humanism is about the person. It's about the individual. My criticisms of religion so far has been that religions do not elevate the significance of man. If it's all about God or you know, a very narrow conception of God, like as it's been presented within religion or within the religious system, it does not leave enough space for us. If it's all about praying to God and worshipping God and glorifying God, then what is it for you and me? Okay, what is our time here? What is it about our abilities and our capabilities? What about using them for God's glory? Yeah, but for our glory as well. Okay, what happens to it? Now, that is a valid criticism of religion. Again, this is something I argued certainly within the Catholic framework, where God in the transcendental sense is elevated inordinately. 
giving us less room for action, okay? People just sit around and pray and worship and give God the glory and their whole life is utterly meaningless and uneventful and boring. Now, that is a problem, right? But then on the other hand, we have these people, right? These atheist fanatics. I think he's a fanatic. Lawrence Krauss is basically elevating science or the scientific method and then in the same breath downplaying the importance of humanity. He's saying that we are insignificant. What's the whole damn point anyway? What's the point of doing science if you're not significant? We're learning all of this for nothing. We're trying to figure out how the universe works, why the universe exists, the fact that we came from nothing, we are nothing, all that for nothing. The whole enterprise is meaningless on the face of it. And he's not adding anything to this debate. Then this is a much deeper issue with Lawrence Cross, I'll tell you, is that his critique of religion, and this is true for all the new atheists, frankly, is that they're criticizing Christianity. Okay, and that's the main problem. Look at it from this perspective, right? When they attack religion, the only religion they get to attack is Christianity. It's not Islam, it's not Judaism, it's not Hinduism or Buddhism or whatever. It is the Christian faith, okay? Why? Because that's the dominant belief system in the West. Or more pertinently, it is culturally the most dominant. Because Christianity, listener, as some of you may know already, is weakening in an institutional sense. It's weakening from a religious sense. It's weakening, one could say, spiritually, but in a more conventional sense. So when its foundations weaken, it has to become something, it has to become more cultural. It has to become more social. And I think... In some ways, I mean, you can say what you like about the Discovery Institute for Science and Culture, which I know people hate. It's been hated across the board, even by Christians, if I may say so. Is that it tries to present a view of God in society, in culture, okay, in a more practical, in a more impactful way. And that is a debate for us to consider as we move forward. But for the listener to consider at this moment, religion, when it's attacked by these atheists and whatnot, is purely operating within the purview of Western culture. They're doing nothing to weaken religion in the Islamic world or in India, where Hinduism is very dominant, okay, in other parts of the world where there's a resurgence of religion along with nationalism. And this is something I can speak about later, which is that there's been a cultural or national upheaval of local belief systems, oftentimes in opposition to Western culture and belief system, notably Christianity. And this is a topic for another time. But my point is, listen, people like Lawrence Krauss, when they attack Christianity, they're attacking the foundations of Western culture. That is a real problem. It's a serious problem. Because after all, this is something I've argued before, and I'll explicate this point further going forward, which is that when you attack Christianity, you're attacking a key pillar of Western culture. Christianity is one of the pillars that holds Western culture together and Western civilization. If it falls, the West falls with it. In many ways, it's already falling. And this is something I will engage as I work through the critique of the new atheists. Right, to close off on Lawrence Krauss, the problem with Lawrence Krauss is manifold. First off, he's not a great scientist. He is so ideologically single-minded to attack religion and to undermine the argument for God that his own science becomes self-undermining, okay? His own methods are not fully comprehensive, okay? In telling a complete picture of the nature of the universe or reality. And again, David Albert is one example. And I'm sure if the Western academic establishment is not as secular as it is in terms of its dominance of secular and frankly left-wing thinkers who predominate its circles, you would have more people coming out and, and basically lambasting this person. Uh, that's one problem, okay? His science is not on point, at least not always. Secondly, Lawrence Krauss's critique of religion, or more pertinently, the need to remove the sense of sacredness. Okay? This is one of the things I've always argued, or something I've always believed when it comes to Christianity especially, is that the sacred is important, okay? The idea of the sacred is significant. In fact, that's probably one of the few things that differentiates man from beast. Value certain things as sacred, and this is a universal principle, okay? It doesn't matter if you're from the West or the East or from the Islamic world or from, I don't know, from the North Pole, of all I know, we as human beings render certain things as sacred, okay? 
when you negate the sacred you open the door to what the profane necessarily and guess what for Lawrence Krauss nothing is sacred so everything can be made profane so I mean that works logically in my opinion the extrapolations can be made but that for me seems quite seems almost inevitable I would suggest and this for me is concerning because after all we know the history of, of science being exploited of science being corrupted and when it comes to I mean certain sciences like well I'm not gonna go there now but we can have those debates as we move forward but this is something for us to consider the idea of the sacred is important and critically we need fundamentals we need certain principles okay we need parameters I mean, what is the game is it Ayn Rand's it was Ayn Rand inspired right I think it was uh, Bioshock right Bioshock the great video game from 2007 by 2k games and again that also engages the topic right what happens when human endeavor the human initiative is untethered from a moral or ethical or legal system right but that's a you know that's coming from the from the right end of the political spectrum but we leave that aside for now but the point is listen no, we need the sacred okay and Lawrence Krauss by trying to remove the sacred I would argue necessarily opens the door to the profane scientific or otherwise and finally Lawrence Krauss is a critic of religion or Christianity in the West is doing his best is it seems to me to undermine Western culture because as Christianity weakens in the West okay culturally institutionally politically spiritually etc it weakens the West from within Okay, and guess what's happening in the rest of the world? Guess what's happening in the Islamic world? Guess what's happening in India and all these other countries, right? The religious dimension is getting stronger. It's becoming more overt. It's becoming more expressive. It's becoming more, dare I say, in some ways political. And they're they not stopping. This point or this problem will become more evident as we discuss Richard Dawkins, I think, who's coming up. It's one of the episodes in this particular part. So this uh, listener is the critic of Lawrence Scott. It's really an introductory critic, but we have more work to do on this. But hope this sets the tone for what's to come. So Lawrence Krauss, I don't like him. I think he's terrible, but I think his science is probably worse. But what is worse is that his critique of a moral system, okay, the need for a framework that values the sacred, which basic sanctity of life above everything else, that opens it up to all kinds of problems. And that is not humanistic. All right, folks, this is the New Humanist Podcast. I'm Damien. This is episode 46, fourth of part seven, and see you guys next time.